Let us look then at the scripture for this morning. I have a scripture where Jesus is actually doing his thing. Um, and, and when Jesus does his thing, Jesus is doing amazing things. You know, he's not doing little things like us because we care, you know, because you care, we thank you. Jesus transforms lives in a very direct way. Even today, he still keeps doing things like that. Um, so Jesus, in Luke 17, is making his way to Jerusalem. As some of you may remember last year when we were doing our Lent series, when Jesus, in chapter 9, he looked towards Jerusalem and he made a decision to follow through no matter what was going to happen. Well, in chapter 17, he's making his way to Jerusalem and he has to go through the hood. Oh, my. He has to go through the place where, you know, some of us like drive around so as to avoid it. It happened in those days too. The Jews would avoid traveling between Galilee and Jerusalem. They would have to go through a hood called Samaria, God-forsaken people. They were the worst. They were betrayers. They, you know, they, they worship a little differently. They have actually gotten mixed with other people that were not Jews. Oh, my, my, my. And Jesus has to go through that area as he is making his way to Jerusalem. And this is where we find him. Where's my sermon? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> that was last week's sermon. <laughs> as Jesus continued toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between the ghetto and Galilee, I mean between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered the village there, ten men with uh, leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was from the ghetto. He was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten of you guys? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. The word of the Lord. Today I would like to begin a new series as we begin a new month, a month of thanksgiving, a month of gratitude, that we are reminded of that in our culture. So the series that I'm going to share with you wraps around not only with what we're doing out in the community with the baggies and, 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 and the letters that we're sending, by the way. I have 600 letter envelopes that need to be stuffed this afternoon with a welcome letter to 600 new residents in our 4-5 zip code new area in the last few months. We want to welcome them in the area and we want to invite them to a lot of hope. So we begin this series not only as a teaching about what it is gratitude, what does gratitude need to do with us, but we're beginning a series wrapped around the activities of the life of the church. This began with an idea, this idea of because you care, we thank you, was a simple idea that began basically with uh, 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 me trying to figure out how can we connect with more individuals in our community. 
without giving them a little tract about condemnation, hell, and salvation. Without giving them a little tract that will make them feel guilty and unwelcomed and, oh, you're bad and we're good. But basically, how can we see God's fingerprint in them and help them remind themselves that there is God's fingerprint, God's DNA in each one of them. Because they care about their job. Some of them, their job is fulfilling. And because they care, they can, they're helping others, even if it's giving you a baggie with a burger. And because they care, they make a difference. So because they care, we are thanking them. See, it involves our leadership, you know, as we organize, as we prepared, but it will also involve our congregation as we present this month, each Sunday, each one of our departments, each one of our ministry teams, and we're going to celebrate and thank God for their activity. So it is not only sharing gratitude with our community, it is also sharing gratitude with the disciples, with you who volunteer, with you who may not be able to volunteer physically, but support us with your prayer and with your finances. And because you care, we begin this month telling you, thank you. You care, we thank you. We will study the notion of gratitude throughout the month. We will deal with the idea of what does it mean, what does it not mean. We will, see, we will journey in the mindset of gratitude. We will discover the spirituality of gratitude. And we will be encouraged to adopt and practice and add to our lifestyle practices of gratitude. So what is gratitude? Have you ever thought about that? What is gratitude? It's a word that appears in every single language around the world. So it's a universal feeling. It's a universal attitude. It's a universal affirmation of goodness. Listen to it. When you say thank you, you're affirming the other person's goodness towards you. When you say thank you, you acknowledge that the other person or even God has given us many gifts. When we say thank you, whether the gifts are big or small, we are acknowledging that the other person is expressing, manifesting, articulating gratitude towards you. It involves a feeling, it involves an attitude, it involves the articulation and the expression in actual behaviors. Gratitude conveys the idea that we appreciate, that we're thankful, that we know that we've received something good. In the Old Testament, almost every psalm has an expression of thanksgiving. And the natural consequence of the thanksgiving is a praise. Actually, if you play around with the different modern English translations, some translations will have thank, to, thank God or thanks be to the Lord. And others in the same place will, will, in the same place will say Praise be to the Lord. So thank you and praise in the Old Testament become one. I will thank you, O oh God, and I will praise you forever. A phrase that is repeated over and over in the, in the Old Testament. Because in the Old Testament, thank you translates into praising of God. Thank you to one another. Translate into praising your goodness towards me. You're, I'm affirming your goodness towards me as you gave me gifts. 
As Pat read and you responded in Psalm 136 this morning in this litany of gratitude where the people of Israel are reminded of the love of God throughout their history. If you look at the psalm again, you're basically going through a historical journey, a historical travel through the life of the people of Israel. And in every step, in every area, give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because His love endures forever. And the psalmist begins that list of gratitude, and it's a long psalm. And thank God Pat had the creativity and the freedom to say, join me in the response. And then we share the psalm together. And it was not just listening to somebody by itself. When I was a college professor, I, I had a problem. Uh, another one. I had an issue that sometimes I used to teach the first two-year courses, 100 and 200s. I was blessed with a 300, and I gave it up. <laughs> the students were too much. No, but, but in the 200, 100 classes at college, these are large classrooms, 75, 80 students. You're supposed to weed out, you know, and, and, bring, and only pass through the bests of the best in this college. And in this particular class, I had 50 students, exactly 50 students. I like to teach, as you can tell, a little bit. I like to talk, as you can tell, a little bit. And, and they were engaged in class. But there was this one student. All 49 were engaged. Looking at my performance. <laughs> and listening and participating. But this one single student was just... Looking out the window like, like Esther? No. <laughs> she, he was distracted looking out the window like Esther? No. <laughs> and, and just drowsed all distracted like that, you know. And guess what? It bothered me. It bothered me that that one student would not pay attention, was not engaged. Oh, you could say, he's such a good teacher. He goes after the one lost sheep. No. Uh-uh. No virtue there. Okay. Let's bring it down. <laughs> I just couldn't take it. He has to be paying attention to me. But that's human nature. We can have the most beautiful day of blessings, but we focus in the fact that the person who's making, giving us the favor of picking us up is late. When you don't even have a car and somebody else is doing a favor of picking you up, Instead of focusing on the 49 students that were engaged, learning, doing it along with me, our human tendency is to focus on the one thing that is negative, on the one thing that we don't have enough of, of the one thing that we yearn for. You see, the gratitude is a science. There's a whole science to gratitude. And I was sharing with some of the people who I hang out during the week. I, 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 when I was a psychologist and I studied psychology, that's what I was teaching, psychological sciences. Uh, the science of psychology at that time was basically focused in what's wrong. We were experts in identifying what's wrong and how wrong is it? According to how many things we add in the accesses <laughs> of our diagnostic documents. The DSM-4, I just remembered. And, and, and you know what? After that, my daughter is also a psychologist now with her master's degree starting her PhD in, in, in January. <clears throat> proud daddy. Uh, and, and she's focusing not so long in what's wrong, but in what is right. 
Instead of studying and focusing in the negative behavior of humanity and individuals, positive psychology is focusing on what works in individuals. So they have done many studies in gratitude. I give you all that background to tell you a couple of studies in gratitude. What are the benefits? Well, if you go on, go online. I invite you to go online. You'll find some of my wording in there because there is a website that tells you 31 benefits of a life of gratitude. Take note. 31 benefits of a life of gratitude. You see, the life of gratitude makes people happier, makes less people with less stress. It allows you to be more resilient. It gives you a greater sense of satisfaction in life. If you're a person that practices gratitude, people are attracted. They come to you because they see that less stress. They see that satisfaction in life. So you become a friend magnet. People, it, it even helps in your career. A life of gratitude makes us healthier, makes us stronger in our souls, and it makes us closer to God. It actually gives us a very intimate close to the goodness of God. A life of attribute makes us more spiritual, reduces materialism, and makes us less self-centered. A life of gratitude helps us sleep and gives us good memories, redeems memories, and helps our self-esteem. Science points to gratitude as something that is good for our entire being, our spirit, our soul, and our body. In our text this morning, we found Jesus willing to do miracles. When, when he goes into the hood and he enters that prohibited area for Jews, he actually hears these ten lepers shouting from a distance. They are shouting from a distance because they're lepers. They have been rejected by society. They have been rejected by the medical science. They have been rejected by their families. They have been rejected by religion. They are no longer allowed to be part of society, so they would have to build these little communities amongst themselves to be able to pick up their pieces, I mean, to take care of themselves, and have some kind of community they would take care of one another. They shout out, have mercy on us, Master. And Jesus does not tell them, you're healed. Jesus actually does something very strange, and He tells them, go and show yourself to the priests. Jesus says that because in the law, when you were healed of some infirmity, if you were caught with an infirmity, with a sickness, a disease that would be unlawful to the Jewish temple, you were not able to go to the Jewish temple ever again. But if by some reason you got well, you were supposed to show yourself up to the priest, show your healing, and you will get a letter of, you can come back in. So Jesus did not tell them, be healed. Jesus was testing their faith. And Jesus told them, go to the priest and show up. And they did. They believed the words of Jesus. They knew what Jesus was implying. If you go and show yourself to the priest with his disease, you're going to be rejected. But Jesus, who is the master, the healer, they've heard that already. That was his reputation. Jesus, who is the healer, he's telling them, go and show yourselves to the priests. They believed the words of Jesus, and they started to go to show themselves to the priests. One of them realizes that as he is walking down to the temple to show himself to the priest, he realizes that Jesus' words were real, and he saw himself clean and whole again. 
And the scripture tells us that he ran back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. And he knelt down, and look what the word says. And he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. Ten were healed. And Jesus says, where are the other nine? Now, let's be realistic here. Do you think the other nine were not appreciative? Come on. They were. I'm sure the other nine said, oh, thank the Lord. As they kept on walking and they saw that their skin restoring and, and maybe they dropped a nose, they may have picked up. <laughs> Who knows? The nose. So, as they're doing that, I'm sure they were thankful. But what was their issue? What was the problem with them? What was the demand that Jesus said? It's not that they weren't thank you. It's not that they weren't appreciative. It's that they did not, listen to the word, articulate. They did not express. They did not put it in a form. They did not embody the appreciation. Being thankful is good, but the Lord transfers it to action, to praise, to thanksgiving, to worship to God. You see, the ten were healed. One came back. One who came back got the double portion of the healing. You see, articulating, demonstrating, expressing gratitude is an art. Actually, a century ago, maybe a half century and a half ago, there was a huge industry in what we called thank you notes. Uh, you don't remember, you just heard about it. Come on. And seen the Victorian arts and crafts, right? That's what we see. Because it was very good to share and appreciate thanksgiving. People of thanksgiving, people who acknowledge the goodness of God and affirm this goodness with acts of thanksgiving are historically wealthier, physically and emotionally. Historically, it used to be the coming to the table. The old church called it, what was the old name for coming to the table? The Eucharist, Right? You know what that is? If I'm in Greek in Greece today, it was up there in, the, in one of the in one of the slides, and, and, and I want to affirm your goodness to me, I would say, Evkaristo. Thank you. Modern Greek. In all Greek, Eucharistia is the action of giving thanks to God. People forgot that whole notion that when we come to the table, it is a feast of thanksgiving. It is acknowledging, it is affirming the goodness of God given to us through Jesus Christ who was the sacrifice. So they forget the word Eucharistia, which is an act of thanksgiving, and we go there with this somber, you know, oh, he died for me. I got to feel guilty. Maybe that only in the Spanish culture, I don't know. But communion becomes an act of thanksgiving as we together celebrate the cup and the bread. As we together acknowledge that these are gifts from God for God's people. The gifts 
of God that then we respond in gratitude. We respond in gratitude. So when we come to the table to remember, we come to the table to remember the sacrifice, but we also come to the table with the attitude of thanksgiving, with the attitude of giving God thanks, with the spirit of appreciation, with the spirit that we depended on God to rescue us. And that requires humility. That requires level-headedness. That requires us acknowledging that we are God's creatures and we did not create ourselves, but God created us and God has redeemed us. So this morning, I invite you to the table. I invite you to come to the symbolic feast of thanksgiving as we together express our thanksgiving to God for the gift of Christ. And we remember the gifts of Christ as He Himself, when He was with His disciples, giving thanks to God, He took the bread and broke it and told His disciples, Eat, for this is my body that is broken for you. In the same way, when He had finished dinner, He was again with His homies and He was having that party of, 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 of um, Passover he takes the last cup of the ceremony and he lifts it up and tells his disciples, Drink, for this is my blood that represents the remission, the elimination, the erasement of sin. And every time you get together and you share the bread and you share the cup, you are remembering me. And one day, he said, we will no longer have to remember him because we will be in his presence. Maranatha, O Lord. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you that you invite us to the table. We thank you that you have taken every rock, every obstacle between the table and us through Christ our Lord and Savior, who paid it all, and all is all. For that we thank you, we praise you, we give you thanks, O God, eternally, and, and, and words are just amiss. Lord, we thank you for your gifts to your people. Amen.